We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of, of Coronations of Bangerangs and Daggers. I am your host, Patrick Gerhardt, and with me, as always, somewhere on this great big blue marble that we call planet Earth, is Nate McHugh. Nate, you had fun this past weekend, didn't you? Yeah, I had fun until, you know, the football game started, but uh, started fr- uh, Friday night. I took my entire family to the opening night festivities for uh, Nebraska basketball, and uh, it was uh, it was okay. <laughs> I uh, nice, it, you know, yeah. I this is one of those times you feel, you kind of re- like, why do I bring my kids out in public? You know. It's just, <laughs> why do I do this? And how this? old are your kids again? Uh, six, four, and eh, 18, 19 months. So my uh, six-year-old. So yeah, they're fun. Yeah. My, my six-year-old really enjoyed uh, actually watching the game because um, he was pulling for the red team and I was pulling for the white and uh, the red team won, you know. Uh. So yeah, it was it was fun kind of watch them dance and the music and stuff. And uh, I was I was uh, somewhat disappointed because I thought this place is gonna be packed. It's gonna be nuts, you know. People are gonna be going, you know, cheering, and it wasn't packed, even though it was sold out. And then I realized why at the end, why it wasn't packed. That's because the reason why it's sold out is because. There were a lot of people who just got tickets just for Rick Ross. And so we left right before ah. the Rick Ross. Yeah, we left right before the Rick Ross concert. And there were pe- tons of people coming in, you know. And uh, people asking, you know, is the game over? And I said, yeah, like, good, okay. You know, and then they go, they go in and they're there for the concert. <laughs> so, so that made a lot more sense to me. Uh, but so i don't what would you hear about the game or the whatever if not you have any impression you know not a whole lot you know i i didn't i don't even remember what i did friday night uh i did not go to the game uh, you know i heard it went well i heard it was well attended uh you know both you know it was you know it was a mixed scrimmage the guys had a good time i think the coaches were happy with it a lot of big name people were there uh rick roth lit it up it sounded like uh, the basketball team had a good chance to uh to really showcase you know their talents and you know i really haven't seen much stats i know there's stats out there but i just these scrimmages i don't pay that much attention to uh i know i probably should because i write about nebraska football for coronation but you know you, you only get so much so much out of them and, and last week was the first week that the basketball team could practice 20 hours only in like leading up, they can only like four or five a week, I think, yeah, organized. Yep. So th- yes. you know, there's only so much to do. You know, fr- Fred, Fred, Fred mentioned multiple times that you know they've got a long ways to go. Uh, you know, before that, you know, they can you know tip off against Doan. I think it's November fourth, so a little over a month away, and then there'll be a secret scrimmage, of course, somewhere mixed in there. But you know, his offense still needs to be implemented. He's still got to get his starters. We have a rough idea of who they might be. But you know how how I got a question for you. How did the, how did the big man, the Frenchman, look? He's yeah okay yeah he's a uh, big, uh, somewhat athletic. I, I I remember this and maybe I should get some credit that when we signed him or he committed whichever, and then we talked about him on the podcast. And I said I was concerned how there were no dunks on his uh, highlight film, and I'm like because you know he. He must play really blow the blow the rim type of deal, and uh, yeah, he missed two like like you know point blank dunks, and because he didn't get up enough, and the guys you know he's, he's seventeen and all that, 
So I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens in an actual game going against, you know, Wisconsin, you know, it's how that's going to go. Cause you have to be able to dunk it. Cause if you, you can't just shoot up these little baby hooks, cause it's going to get swatted away. And, uh, but you know, he's thick. He's, Physical. Even for this size, I mean, because like teams like Wisconsin, and Purdue, they're 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 going to throw back at him. Yeah, so you got to be able to dunk it, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I he looks, you know, I think if he's here for four years, that he's going to be really good at the end. Uh, I thought the funny thing was uh, Kevin Cross. Uh, so he gets the rebound. This is the second possession of the entire scrimmage, <laughs> and he gets the rebound, leads the break. If you know, for people who don't know, Kevin Cross is a post player and leads the break. Guards going up the sidelines, and he jacks a three from the top of the key. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me! And, uh, and I know it's, it's what Coach scrimmage. wants. He wants he wants three pointers. I don't know if he wants Kevin Cross <laughs> leading breaks. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, maybe he does. You know, maybe he'll like say, you know, hey, that's how we want to get moving. And uh, uh, so I was, I'm kind of obsessive with shot selection. Even you know, the teams I coach, I just, you know, sometimes like a shot will go in. You know, the crowd's got like a three pointer. We shoot a contested three pointer and it goes in. The crowd's cheering all that. And my one of my assistant fellow assistant coaches looks at me and laughs because he knows I'm just shaking my head like nope that's a terrible shot, you know it's a terrible shot whether it goes in or not and uh, I think that's going to happen it's going to be hard for me to get over that with Nebraska basketball um, until we get a bunch of good shooters in. Yeah, these guys are supposedly going to be shooting it nonstop. Like don't I I wouldn't I you know right now I our offensive possessions I would be surprised if they lasted more than ten or fifteen seconds. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you look at if you look at Fred's past teams, I mean, they're going they're going to shoot down the court as fast as they can. They're going to set up momentarily, and the first guy with an open shot's going to go. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it 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 works. It can work if you get the right guys in there. And the problem right now is that we we don't know, which you know we'll get into a minute on this team, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be tough to tell how these guys are going to play until we really see them for like two three games straight and get a rough idea of how these starters are going to me- are are going to me- you know meld together. Like this yeah. is such an unknown team. I mean, I mean for, for example, uh, you know, jumping onto our, I guess we can throw it in here. It was one of the topics we we're going to talk about tonight. But the coaches just ranked their preseason top top teams in the Big Ten, right? Yes. And Nebraska is what, thirteen out of fourteen, one ahead of yes. Northwestern, and yep. a lot of it comes down to is that nobody has any clue how this team's going to play. I mean, there's some decent talent on it that we've talked about all summer in between all of our top five lists, but like, th- there's just so much that we don't know about this team. We don't know how well that you know. I mean. It's one thing to scrimmage. It's one thing to go to Europe and play against rec league teams. It's another to, to go up against. I mean, I mean, we've got a pretty easy schedule early on in the non-con, but you know, hopefully we make it through unscathed landscape. You know, and, and there's reason to believe that we can. But this team, I mean, when the media members sit back and go, "I don't know where to rank these guys," because we have no idea what they're going to be like, that tells you something. Yeah, I'd like to know, uh, like where they were ranked the highest. Like, uh, you know, like maybe one media member put them tenth. You know, uh, I'd be interested to know, like, oh, the, the breakdown highest. per, yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, obviously, most probably had them thirteenth or fourteenth. But you know, there's probably there's always that one member of the media that's like, you know what, I think there might be seven or eight. You know, uh, so. But one thing I was excited about was watching Cam Mack, and he did not disappoint. He could be something. Uh, he's going to be our main guy. When the yeah, comes. And just give him the ball. He's a great passer, and he and he can bring him back and dunk it. Like that's what surprised me, and I think he's going to be dunking on guys uh, during the season. And I think Nebraska fans are going to be. 
pretty excited about that because um, he, you know, it kind of reminds me of Russell Westbrook a little bit about how he, you know, he dunks it so hard, you know. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what he actually looks like in, the, in an actual game. Uh, but Team Kavas went, I think, based off of what I was playing, he went 0 for 4 from three-point line. <laughs> and you could tell a lot of the guys were kind of knowing that, you know, he usually could probably, he's probably usually going to go like 4 for 5 or 3 for 5, but he was 0 for 4. He was off. And, he was uh, waiting for Rick Ross. Yeah, he's yeah. They're just really excited for Rick, you know, and uh, so I'm trying to think whether how, how is Cam's leadership on the court? If he's that good of a player, how is his leadership? Because that's going to really, you know, if he has good leadership, th- that could bring us through games. Not just not just his talent and athleticism. You know what I mean? How did he look yeah. as a leader out? How did he look as a leader out there? And I say, and I and I ask you particular because you're a coach. You know what I'm talking about when I ask that question. Yeah, and it'd be easier if I was down there and listening to what he's saying. I think that Henry Cheatham is going to be the leader regardless. Really? Uh, just because, yeah, because he's a senior. Uh, so, um, oh, I think it's on the Husker Extra podcast. They joke that Henry Cheatham is going to score 12 points a game. And that's it. Like, like you know, regardless, he's never going to go for eighteen. He's never going to go. Athletically, for eight. he he has a ceiling. Yeah, and he's and he's just going to be that consistent guy, and he's he's had he's had the most experience, and uh, so, uh, it's, you know, as far as leadership, he's probably going to be the guy. Uh, and but we'll we'll find out when we start losing games. <laughs> yeah, and, well, you know exactly. Yeah, or get down in games and need to, need to pull ourselves back up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that you could tell on the court, just not just n- not just how he carries himself, but how other players carry themselves around him, how they react to him, how when times get tough, you know, do they look to him? Do do they really follow his lead? Do they listen to him when he talks? Little things you can kind of notice. Something that I've preached since forever about Nebraska, we we've had very few, if any, leaders as of recent memory on the court, and it's basically that that coach who is on the court is, is what you're looking for. You're looking for the person, the guy who can go out there and take what the coach teaches you, tells you to do, and implements it. And everybody on the court knows that that's the guy who you follow. And I'm really hoping Fred gets somebody like that this year. And if it's him, so be it. But it's it, you can really tell, to me, I mean, Nate, please disagree with me. I'd like to hear if you disagree with me on this. But you can tell those guys, those leaders on the court, who come out, they may not be the most athletic, they may not be the biggest, they may not be the fastest, but they have that extra something that the players gravitate to. And I think, you know, if we have at least one of these guys, one of these unknowns, these 14, 15 unknowns, if we have one guy who can go out there and do that, I think that's going to take us through more games then we probably should win. Does that make yeah, sense? You want, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. I agree. Uh, what I'm nervous about is that we might have seven or eight guys who think they're that one guy. Eh. And then, yeah, and then you're kind of like, all right, well, you know, they're almost like fighting with each other, you know, not like screaming at each other, but it's like, okay, well, actually, I'm the leader, you know. And so when but I, when if I you notice, the, here's the thing. I'll, 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 I'll bark back at that one. The guys who are really good will will, tra- will will rise above that. The guys who think they're leaders will actually turn into somebody who gravitates towards the one who actually are. You know what I mean? They're few and far between. What I'm looking for is like that four-leaf clover in, in, in a field of, of clovers. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, and I think that's... Like, in terms of leadership, that's that's what I'm hoping for. That I Honestly, if, if Tim Miles would have had somebody like that, I think he would still be coach right now. But he could never find that player who could just come in. And I, I a lot of people in the media say, use the phrase, you know, carry them on the shoulders. It's really not that. It's it's that player who goes out there and make other players better. You know who bas- You know what basketball player w- was like that? He's one of the best. Nebraska basketball. He's talking about all basketball. All, all basketball. Well, LeBron. Oh, oh yeah, so. we have we have totally different views on what leadership is. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, extreme ownership. Michael Jordan. Oh, jeez. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, I, I'm not bringing up the argument of who's better, LeBron or Michael. I'm, oh, no, I'm, out, I, 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 I'm not I, bringing yeah. that up whatsoever. That's a different 
conversation for a different podcast. What I'm talking about is the ability to go on the court and to not only play well yourself, but to also make those around you play well. Michael did that. Look at a majority of those bull teams. Look at a majority of those championship teams. A lot of those guys by themselves or on other teams were decent to mediocre. But when they played with Michael, they played very well. Look at Scottie Pippen. Okay. Are you done? Tony (laughs) Kukoc. I'm just saying, like, I could go through. I'm I'm just saying, like, he was one of those guys who could do that. And, I mean, he was once in a a generation um, player who could, you know, who, who could make that happen. But you get the idea of kind of what you're looking for in a leader on the court. And, I mean, he, he's, to me, like the most blatant example of, of that. So, anyway, yeah, no, please, talk about LeBron. Okay, yeah. No, I would my, – my, my main thing when it comes to, you know, because people want to say, oh, Jordan didn't have anyone, you know. But when he retired the first time, that Bulls team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals the next year. And so, you know, they they they, they had did talent. They win it? Oh, they had no, talent, they, they, but did they win it? Yeah, no, they didn't. And and, that, and that's totally fine. Where you go to LeBron James and his finals teams in Cleveland, the year he leaves, they go they win like thirty games. So, but I think there's he, there's he, different. He also carry he also carried those teams on his shoulders. Yes, and like that—that that, so, that was a literal carried those teams on his shoulders. Yes, and and it's fun to go look back at who he played with, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. No, I. But did I he make any types. of those players into superstars around him? I think he made a lot of them money, and they said uh, they always That's said that different. you better. That is different. That is different. Oh. I'm talking like like look at the stats. Who did he make a stud around him? Well, I would say, um, who's the guy that got paid? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, don't, no, 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 no. Don't tell me paid. Don't tell me paid. I'm well, talking a, about production. He's, well, he, 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 had, he actually, you have to actually have talent to become a superstar. And when I say talent, I'm talking superstar about relative extent, to other, yeah, but relative to other NBA players, you know, I'm not going to say that. Because everyone that plays in the NBA are extreme, is extremely talented, but when we're talking when I say no talent or talented, I'm saying we're, relative we're, to other NBA players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the top of the top. You have the all-time greats like LeBron, mm-hmm. and then you have those people around him, and uh, you know on other teams and whatnot. They're still some of the tops in the profession. Period. But they're not nearly as good as the bests of their time. That's no, the they don't, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's what, yeah. When when so when See, they're mediocre, when they're lower, they're still some of the best, but they're not the best best. Yeah, I think we yeah. all understand that. <laughs> you know, I had a point about Nebraska basketball when we were talking about leadership, and now we've gone so far off the rails. Uh, that's because that's because you you tried to defend LeBron. For some reason, we didn't even bring up LeBron. I didn't bring up LeBron. Who are you going to bring up? Is it Jordan? Yeah, it was Jordan. Jor- Jordan oh, was that oh. leader. And I was just going off his leadership. Oh. I, that's See, all I was going off of. He was able to lift up those around him beyond their physical capabilities. He took good players. These are good players, made them better. See, I think they did the same thing, except for the Jordan who did had the same, who did better the same players. Thing? LeBron and, and Jordan, they, they both made the, the players around them better. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> but uh, his best teams I, were when he was with the Heat, when he was around, you know, Hall of Fame talent. Um. Oh, no, I, I have no argument against that. But he did with uh, in Cleveland um, beat a 73 win Warriors and they were down three to one. So uh, he did. <laughs> oh yeah, with uh, he yeah. did he yes, and everybody kind of helped out. Jordan, yeah. Jordan won on those championships with players who played well with Jordan. I, don't, I think they both they did, were, man. They were they, they were <laughs> Jordan. Those Chicago Bulls teams had players who who fit into the pieces of the puzzle more so than LeBron's teams in Cleveland. So yeah, I um, feel like so, I, feel, I feel like. How Cleveland was set up, 
LeBron was his output was a bigger piece of the puzzle than the rest of the team. Whereas in Chicago, Jordan was important, but he made those other people around him just as big as him. See, I, I, I feel like we're saying the same thing. Um, because with LeBron, what do you have to do with a guy who dominates the ball? You need to surround him with shooters, put two in the corner, you know, someone who can run a pick and roll. Hopefully he can shoot, you know, and you got – you know, you have the fifth guy rolling off of like some backside action, if that, you know. And so that's what you do with LeBron. You can't surround him with people who can't shoot because that's what the Lakers did last year. And uh, with, there is uh, a the lot Bulls, more to those issues. There's a lot more than those issues with the Lakers last year. <laughs> well, yeah, the Lakers is that's I, 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 I've stopped. My LeBron fandom is, is has been minimal ever since he went to LA. So, uh, it was. It's it's gone interesting, and I'm not a LeBron hater at all. Don't get me wrong; he is one of the greatest. He he is right, honestly. He is right up there with Jordan, just different. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Ow. we should probably talk about <laughs> Nebraska ball more. Yeah. So anyway, well, my my original thought was. Uh, <laughs> As far as like you're looking for like an, an alpha late leader type of person, I think that unless there's a clear cut leader, that yeah, at some point the leader is going to come out, but there's going to be some growing pains until we figure out who that is, um, or they figure out who that is. So oh, I agree. Yeah. So that's this year's going to be know? growing pains. This year is all going to be growing pains. If Nebraska football fans who listen to this podcast are sitting here hoping for Nebraska ball to make them happy, it may not be the year for you. <laughs> well, okay, with this, okay, if you had a vote, where would you have put them? In, in right the, as far now, as... I probably would, pro- you know, I would probably put them around 11 or 12. I, it, I, I wouldn't put them bottom of the rung by any way, shape, or means. I would put them ahead of Northwestern, of course. I don't believe in Rutgers, Rutgers this year. I wouldn't. Be, yeah, I know there's some people who are believing in Rutgers this year. It's, I'm not one of them. And then Minnesota, uh, Penn State. Uh, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota, they should be better than Nebraska just based off their record. Penn State, possibly. I'm still confused on what's going on in Illinois. Yeah, and Indiana too. I mean, yeah, I I don't know if I'd put. I'm still confused. Yeah, I I still don't know enough about Indiana this year going into it. Yeah, I I think yeah, I I think 13 is too low, but you know, but it's fair. Don't you think it's fair though? Like it's it's probably too low, but it's fair considering what we know. Yeah, I was not by any means like upset about it because like yeah, because I we don't even know. But I just yeah, like that's yeah that's that's what I'm yeah exactly, and, and maybe it's just drinking the Kool Aid and believing. I just think that tr- you can turn around the basketball program really quick, um, especially when you bring in thirteen new players or whatever. And so it's not like football. I think has it's a year. It's a long process. I think unless you get like a couple of really special players, you know, so. That's why yeah, I guess it, my it's hopes tough are to, higher. It's tough to compare the two. No, no, that's. Yeah. It, I I think your hopes being higher is is totally legitimate. I, yeah. I think it's totally legitimate. I mean, it's yeah. We we easily could be. I I wouldn't say. I would say the sky the sky sky limit for Nebraska ball is probably middle of the conference, just because the Big Ten's going to be really good this year. Yes. Um, Michigan State's going to be stellar. Purdue's going to be good. I don't know where Michigan's going to be with their new coach. They've Not got the talent. Hard, they've man. got they've got the talent. They've got the talent, but I I, I don't know what he's going to. I mean, this is his first coaching job. Yeah, he can prove um, me wrong, but I I'm not believing John Howard. But he can, I, he can prove I, me wrong. Well, I but. what is he what is he giving us to believe? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's uh, who knows. Who knows what's going to happen there? I'd like to. When the season gets closer, we're about a month out. Uh, you'll probably start hearing more of what the media up there is seeing at practices and hearings. So we'll probably have a better idea. But right now, I mean, okay, we got nothing to go on in terms of his coaching. Um, Maryland should be fairly decent this year. 
they got the 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 only one who Michigan State got every single first place vote uh, except for one, and that went to Maryland. Maryland, yeah, no, they they will definitely contend. Which, God, it, it seems like it's been a while since Maryland's contended for the for the Big Ten. I want to say the first couple of years they were in the conference, they did well, and it's just kind of been hit or miss since then, right? Yeah, they've, they've kind of been like Nebraska football of joining the conference. I think we expected a better showing by Maryland, you know, when they're coming from the ACC, mm-hmm. kind of like Michigan, kind of like Nebraska football, where, where you know, we definitely have not lived up to expectations since joining the Big Ten. So, no, I'd uh, agree. I agree. I agree. So yeah, no, it's uh, God, I, I, if you come for updated knowledge on Nebraska ball, we're about as confused as anybody listening. So, <laughs> moving on, I guess we do have one last piece of Nebraska ball news that's kind of tied in. Um, unfortunately, this last week, Chucky Hepburn of Bellevue West, a Nebraska ball possible recruit for 2021, decided to commit to Wisconsin. We lost another in-state player, not football this time, but basketball to Wisconsin, which is tough because Chucky, he was a four-star, 2021 recruit, wouldn't have been this year, would have been next year. A lot going with the guy, a lot of praise. From what I understand, he he not only was a good player, but he was a heck of a leader, not to bring leadership back in, but the guy commanded the court like none other. And my only belief is that he probably, you know, he picked Wisconsin over Nebraska for probably a multitude of reasons, but probably more so because Wisconsin's a good, stable program that he could easily fit into and work his way into a good a good rotation versus a rebuild, is my guess. Um, he averages 18 points a game. He's not the best at the three-point line. He's got, you know, some skills to develop, but as, as a whole, he's not just Nebraska ball, but any team would want him, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Someone's going to write an article, and I and I wonder how much interest both Creighton and Nebraska showed him. I mean, it's just it surprising. Like both me. both groups were kind of surprised. Creighton and Nebraska both went after him pretty hard, and both both uh, both groups were kind of surprised he went to Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm surprised of all the. I, don't know, I just. Of all, you know, as a basketball player, Wisconsin is not a team I would want to go play for just because it's just grinded out, you know. But they win, you know, so maybe he just They wins win, win well. Yeah. Well, that's just it. I mean, it's a good, stable program. You know, it, it's been built up well. It, it's it's continued. It's kind of like, I mean, honestly, Wisconsin basketball is kind of like their football team, only just a little bit better nationally. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it's just grind it out, use it's, the clock. It's not you know. fun to watch. Mm-mm. It's not like in West, I mean, they're good, but West, watching Wisconsin play is not fun. But they do well, they play well, and they develop players really well. Yeah, and they he really might do. He might he might know that Wisconsin is more of a sure thing as far as winning goes. I'd say that, and that could be why. I don't, you know, maybe we'll find out. One of these days here, because I'm sure something's going to come out. Oh yeah, there'll be an interview. You know, wish him luck. I'm glad. I I keep on saying, you know, the talent in Nebraska for for, basketball is, I think, going up, and that you know, just hopefully he shows well, and then you know, I guess good luck to him. Yeah, actually, you know what? Historically, Nebraska's always had good basketball talent, but the problem has been until the last ten or fifteen years, they've all just decided to play football instead. <laughs> I mean, if you look back in the 80s, 90s, you know, early 2000s, you know, Nebraska gets a lot of good basketball talent comes to the high school ranks, but they decide, you know, because of football, they wanted to walk on instead. Yeah, yeah. Not, not so but, much anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, Nebraska, Nebraska's produced some pretty good basketball talent over the last few years and i think uh a lot of people have taken notice so but hey if uh if creighton can't get him either then you know whatever <laughs> you know we're only gonna see him possibly twice a year if not more you know so yeah we'll find Big 10 tournament you never know but it might be a couple years because you know they develop in wisconsin that's yeah, so maybe we'll only see it yeah we'll see him in i guess it'd be four years if it, you know, it's 2021 so 
Maybe we'll forget about him. I don't know. No, we won't. No, we won't. So we've gone, we've gone well. This, you know, we're getting close to the season, so we we've got some decent content. We will hopefully will for the next few podcasts to lean up to the season. But we we're not the season yet, and we're still going strong at our top five list. Mm-hmm. And tonight, Nate, what what are we doing top five with tonight? I think we're doing uh, top five um, deodorants. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, 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 are we counting antiperspirant deodorant in there or just yes. deodorant? Yes. <laughs> now we're doing top five cities. <laughs> and considering we, we, we both come from small towns, it's anything over 800 people is a city. It's, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Mur- Murdoch is a village. And so, that, you know, sometimes the city, we have a, a technical city i think weeping water is technically a city and that's like 600 people 500 600 people so what was your nickname for weeping water oh weeping uh crying creek crying creek you texted me that over something and it cracked me up (laughs) we all we also call it you know like we're just weeping like they're crying or whatever so yeah you you can go from there so anyway how about you start off yeah, okay, interested. top five cities. Now, this is not just the United States, but all over the world, which expands yours, yours, which expands your knowledge and lessens mine because I've only been on the continental North America. But anyway, top five. Mine are going to be in no particular order because I like to mess with our grand poobah, Greg Mahachko. Because he likes things in order. So he's driving around right now, listening to this podcast after editing it, waiting for yeah. me to give a five, four, three, two, one. And I'm not. I'm going to throw things out of order. So my first one out of five is going to be Fort Collins, Colorado. I enjoy Fort Collins, Colorado. It's probably my favorite city in the state of Colorado. It's fun. It's it's a good sized city. It's got a lot of culture. The downtown area, the old town, is is great. It's got it's home to Colorado State University, which is just right down from the downtown area. It's in the foothills of the Rockies. It's not too far from any of the top ski places. It's got plenty to do in the area. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to say Denver or Boulder for the state of Colorado. I I I wholeheartedly disagree. Denver is a nice metropolitan area and Boulder is the People's Republic of Boulder. If you can afford to live there, you can. <laughs> Fort Collins is a lot more economical. It's also a lot more fun. Uh, you get, uh, if you want more of a granola hippie experience, it's got that. Uh, it's got good music. It's got good culture. It's just, it's a fun town and it's it's still got a, a smaller town vibe especially considering it's on the front range, which is one big Metroplex anymore. So yeah, my first one's Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Uh, I've been there once for about half an hour. So I, my, my cousins, well, one of my cousins went to Fort Collins. So, or, um, Colorado state for college. D- didn't you go to Northern Colorado? Yeah. 20, 20, 25 minutes away in Greeley, Colorado. Okay. And Greeley's a good town too. Maybe I'll put it on later. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Um, let's see. I actually don't have any international ones because uh, I really ha- I mean, because I, I generally have stayed away from the really big cities. The, the biggest one I've been to is Rome. And I didn't particularly enjoy my time there. Um, but uh, some all five of mine are in the United States. I'll start with number five, New Orleans. Um, my wife and I went there this past year. I just love the... Uh, just the food and like the music's everywhere and it's very easy to get around like you know in a rental we got a rental and you got ubers and all that but uh i oh it's just a really cool town it's just a complete different culture there and it's so it's and it's a really cheap direct flight from omaha i think i think it's direct flight maybe not but i just remember it being really cheap easy way to get in and 
So I'll go th- number five, New Orleans. New or- New Orleans is good. Uh, New Orleans was probably the. I'm not a big city person. I think I mentioned that to you. I I don't care for cities. It's just not. You're not going to find any. You're going to find one major metroplex on my list. Uh, but I would. You know what? New Orleans is also on my list. It was probably the first city where I actually missed after I left. Like I wanted to go back and explore more. It's got ton of history. Got tons of culture. Like you said, the music's phenomenal. The food's better. The food. The the food about New Orleans. It's been written about time and time again. Travel Channel has their stickers all over the place. And you know what? You could, and people who, who've gone there can tell you all these great places to eat at. Take that times 20, and there's that many more good places to eat. You could skip every known place in New Orleans and eat at all these random ones, and you will get just as good a meal, if not better. Like, that's how deep and rich the cultural heritage is down there for food. Uh, it's so good. The it, it's just fun. It's and, and you know what? You can do all that without even really stepping foot on Bourbon Street. You can you can steer totally clear of Bourbon Street, which has a lot of good places to eat on, and still have a great time in New Orleans. Still hear still hear great music. Still the arts, everything. Uh, New Orleans is a great town. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. So yeah, my next one would also be New Orleans. Okay, so then I guess I gotta keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, I'll go San Diego number I guess four for me. I went because my wife and I are trying to see all the baseball stadiums, and we were visiting a friend of ours in California, and uh, she lived closer to Los Angeles. But uh, so we're like, hey, let's go down to San Diego, and it's beautiful. The weather. And it's just I'm like, why would anyone want to leave this place? And it's it was super clean, and I felt completely safe. I we walked from our apart our our um, Airbnb and to the stadium, which is probably about a forty minute walk. And it was so I got to see a lot, a lot of the city, east in that part of the, the town, and it was great. And uh, there is. Um, there's a, a bridge you can go over, and I think it's Coronado. No, it's not Coronado. I'm blanking on the name of a town. And you can drive in there, and you see all these for sale signs for these houses. And there's like one uh, that I'm like, oh, this is a really small house. That house would be like $40,000 in Murdoch, you know. And then I looked up on Zillow, and it was like a $1.5 million house. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Anyway, it's just, so it's just kind of, you know, it's a cool state, and the, we we enjoyed the food there, uh, and the game was fun. So that'd be number four. Nice. I've been there. Yeah, no, it's it's a city. Oh, you've been there? <laughs> yeah, a few times. No, oh, it's 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 what? a nice place. Work? It's a nice place. Uh, let me see. Two times for convention. Three times for convention. Yeah, three different conventions there. It is Coronado. So that is, that's the name of it. Ooh, the... Coronado's good. That's a beautiful, yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful hotel. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, it, I, it, I, I, I had a feeling I probably couldn't afford to stay there. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. Yeah, no, did not stay there. So anyway, my number, oh, yeah, numbers. My next one. My next one is Washington, D.C. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people like it. I, like Nate, spent uh, lived there for a little time, spent a lot of time there before I'm in my current current profession. I was in politics and government for quite some time, and I spent a lot of time in D.C. Uh, it, it, D.C. is a good town. It's a fun town, uh, even if you don't like government, if you don't like politics and stuff like that. It's got a lot of great places to eat. It's got a lot of historical stuff. Um, you know, everybody, my dad's always said, you know, everybody should at least go to DC once and see our, you know, where our federal government is and there's so much to do and so much of it's for free. Well, I say free, but our tax dollars pay for it. But nonetheless, um, DC is a great town. It's a great town. A lot of good places to eat, a lot of good music. It's fun. Culturally, there's a ton of stuff there. Uh, you, you really don't have to go far to see a whole lot. In fact, you'll never see all of it in one trip so yeah my my next one would be washington dc 
uh, you know, my wife asked her, hey, what w- would be on your top five? And one of her cities was Washington, D.C. And cause she's just like, and I agree with this. Uh, you, the metro system's really good. And you can walk everywhere, just jump on the nearest, you know, metro stop. And uh, so I, lo- you know, I really enjoyed my time in D.C. The, uh, I li- where did you live? Like what area? I I was off of uh, Foggy Bottom, not too far okay. from the George Washington <laughs> campus. Okay, uh, my I was my closest uh, stop was uh, Union Station. So, uh, the the I don't know. It's just really cool to be like to know like you know you know Abraham Lincoln walked down these streets type of deal, and that's when I first got there because I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's Washington D.C. and now I'm not like that anymore. But uh, so yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. My number is, is now actually this surprised me. I uh, was not expecting this when I went there, but Pittsburgh. I uh, really we went, nice. Yeah, um, we went there, you know, to watch a baseball game, and it's much smaller than I ever expected it to be. And there's kind of like, you know, there's the ta- downtown area and there's kind of this, some markets that, you know, that we went down to. And then the, you go across, there's like four bridges, I think, and you go across the bridges and it's kind of this mountain, not mountain, but it's, uh, I don't even want to call hills, hilly area where a lot of the homes are. And uh, it was just a lot of, you know, it, I would go back again in a heartbeat just because I just, it's just more like, it's not like very metropolitan, I guess would be the word, or it's kind of, you know, a small town city type of deal. And I just felt, hmm. you know, comfortable there. So that'd be number nice. three. Nice. Wrap you in a terrible towel. Towel, you'd be perfectly good. And the baseball stadium's beautiful. So Really? Yeah, it's probably cool. my second favorite Major League Baseball stadium at this point that I've been to. Wow, that says a lot. My so, next, okay, my next ahead. one would be the city of Seattle. You ever been to Seattle? Never. It's a great city. It's fun. It's fun. It it's it is uniquely itself. Um, the northeast, <laughs> northeast, northwest. Sorry, the northwest is, I think, a highly underappreciated area. I don't think enough people go up there. It's it's got its, it's own culture. It's expensive to get to though. That's a problem. Is it? Sorry, I okay. think it's expensive. It's, to get it, there, it's but... been a while. Okay, you, probably. Um, it's it's very unique. You know, I feel like only people on the West Coast go up there, but you know, Seattle's developed its own culture, uh, it, its own music, its own cuisine. Uh, you know, the weather really does kind of I think affect the whole. Th- atmosphere up there it's it's cold it's not the rainiest though everybody thinks it is but it's overcast i think a lot up there <laughs> but just that entire area is beautiful the, the whole you know the, the the you you go up north you go into the orcas islands you go up into vancouver and stuff it's uh it's beautiful um I, my goal is to go up there and start skiing that area at some point um there's some really great skiing especially once you get up into british columbia but i would definitely stay in the seattle area first just to start you know those areas and um it's got a fun downtown i went to the nebraska last time i was there was when nebraska played washington and won what was that 20 10 oh when they blew them out yeah they played them twice in the same year yeah i I went to the washington game is it 2010 yeah it might have been about that time i think it was 2010 that was the last time i was up there and it's just it's 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 a great town like you can't go wrong with Seattle in my mind. Um, so yeah, my next one, my, not in any order, but my number four is Seattle. All right, number two uh, would be Savannah, Georgia. You know, it's another town that you know has great tradition for food. Uh, there's a lot of historical landmarks there. You know, of course, being in the South, and uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful city. It's again easy to get around in. The people were really nice. Um, 
And it's right next, you know, it's about a 15 minute drive ish to the ocean. And so, and if, you know, decent beaches there and my family went there, I think yeah, a year ago, was it? Or two year ago or two years ago. Um, where my son was in the water and a shark jumped out, after, you know, right behind him. So <laughs> I hope my wife's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and my then my daughter got stung by a uh, jellyfish, and we were like, "Oh, she's, yeah, she just got, she's just stark. She's in the water, like the water's up to like her middle of her leg, and then she just starts crying. Like, what are you crying about? Like, we thought maybe she stepped on something." Yeah, and then all then is like a couple minutes later, we could see there's this red mark over her foot, you know. And so someone brought some. Uh, they said vinegar, you know. They said the whole urinating on the uh, the jellyfish, whatever wound or whatever burn doesn't work, and it makes it worse. And they said people there were carrying around bottles of vinegar um, because there's the jellyfish stings were so you know. Was she okay? I hear I hear those stings can be like debilitating uh, she's actually told totally, you i mean she was over it in like maybe 20 minutes oh, that's so, not bad that's not bad yeah. and so yeah i mean i i just enjoyed savannah they're it's kind of a slow you know not slow paced t- type of town and so yeah i've heard nothing but good things about savannah like aesthetically it's absolutely gorgeous right oh it absolutely and i'm like oh i could live here and right the, you know like some of the parks in dc you know, you're like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool, and I could live here and just hang out here. Um, but alas, uh, I am in Nebraska. <laughs> no, nice. I've always wanted to go to Savannah. Spent very little time in the South, but yeah, no, always wanted to go to Savannah. Good one. Yeah, my only connection really there is I read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That's all I got <laughs> for Savannah. Well, so my last. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever read it? No, I haven't. No. You should. I recommend it. Recommend it. Because you're a reader. Put it on your list. I'll put it on my list. Good reads, right? Yeah. Yeah. They find me on good reads. There you go. But I, I, I put it on my Amazon wish list and then I get it from the library depending on what book it is. So Nice. You support your library too? Good for you. Yeah. They give me a lot of books. So I appreciate that. Because it's a small library, but they can do the interlibrary loan with you know. That, Ma, is, like that is huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people. A, everybody says you know use your parks. You know use this, use that. People use your use your local libraries. It saves a lot of money, and, and I've brought. I wrote about this once. I. It was not last year. The year before, I went through Amazon, my orders, and I added it all up at the end. And I had spent over five hundred dollars on books, and my wife is like, "No, no, no! Don't be ashamed! <laughs> Don't be ashamed! Don't be ashamed!" Yeah, and uh, so I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna cut that down." And I started go- going to the library, and I, you know, was requesting books, and then she would go find them, and I think I spent less than hundred dollars next year. And Good so, job. yeah, and so you know. The, and, you're not, I, and you're not feeding the behemoth of Amazon. Yes, uh, and that, that is true. But you get things so cheap, and in two days. <laughs> oh yeah, you're close to Omaha. You can get things in two days. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. My last one. My last city, out of all the ones I've been to that I've enjoyed. I would probably have to say, and this is not my number one, this is not my number five, but it's definitely in there. And that would be Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Twin Cities. I'm going to throw St. Paul in there, too. It's just a fun town. It's a fun area. Grew up going there. I love it. It's got all these little neighborhoods. It's got tons of great places for music. It's got great places for food. Uh, It's just, it's fun. And it's, it's snowy. It's wintry. I love that stuff in the winter you know so yeah no minneapolis can't say too much more about it just go there enjoy it have you ever been yeah my cousin got married there a couple years ago and so we kind of got to see the town a little bit um so yeah and i that was not as easy to get around (laughs) 
That's probably you know it's, it's probably the biggest city until I say my next it, one. It, but it's a it's a midwestern city. It's spread out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's like mm, yeah. So thank goodness for GPS. Um, no, yeah, of- I, I'd probably I'd like to go back again when I don't have my kids. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah, no, do do. There's a a lot to see up in up in the Twin Cities. Yeah, and. And I still have to see that uh, baseball game there, so there's I will be going back at some point. It's a fun field. I went there, I think, three years ago. Saw the Twins play. Who did they play? They won. I can't remember. They were terrible, but they won. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a nice stadium. Very nice stadium. Um, number one for me, Chicago. That's pretty easy. Uh, it's the Cubs play there, and I love the Cubs. Do you know who, do you know who else played there? Who's that? Michael Jordan. He did. And then he got in trouble <laughs> for gambling on basketball and they made him retire for a year. Um, so Chicago. Yeah. He, wa- uh, he wanted to play baseball. They... Don't pull that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's another, it's another town you can get around very easily. It's, you know, they kind of got the ocean there, and people are like what? You know, but the Great Lakes—they have that beach area. So it's kind of the same in a way, and uh, yeah, lots of bars, restaurants, anything you want. You know, Chicago has. I've never been there in the middle of the winter, so uh, I hear you know the wind can get brutal. So uh, yeah, so that's pretty easy, Chicago. I think most people have been there, so they kind of get why. It, you know, most Midwesterners, I'd say. Yeah, well, uh, kind of. I just kind of popped in my brain. We went to an improv show in Chicago, and they asked for one word from the audience. And my wife, for whatever reason, screams the word for the male anatomy, and so we had to sit through the entire show, um, at, where they did. Uh, 45 minutes on the uh, the word penis. And I'm like sitting there like, you've got to be kidding me. And they actually did a pretty good job. Uh, it was pretty funny. But I'm like, I look at my wife like, what are you doing? So yeah, that's one of many stories in Chicago. I like your wife. Yeah, she <laughs> depends on the day. She listens oh. to this. So. And so, you know, she's asleep right now. So that's good for her. My wife is not. She is currently with our 11-month-old daughter who is getting her molars, we're pretty sure. So I should probably get off this podcast here soon and go take over. Have fun. I will be sleeping. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I hate you right now. Anyway, everybody, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please listen to the rest of the Coronation Podcast Network, Five Heart Podcast, and John's Life Crisis. I'm not going to say midlife. It's just his life crisis right now. So uh, listen to all three of us, and we'll all have fun. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.